welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Do you believe in miracles? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. We ask this because sometimes in our lives we find that after we've done everything that we know to do, nothing but a miracle can help us. Mm-hmm. To our listeners, you can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com, follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and YouTube. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And thank you to all who have already done so. Also, we want to send a big shout out to our new listeners in Montana and Belgium. Amen. You know, this week's Torah portion covers the miracle at the Red Sea. I would say this is certainly a defining event for Israel as a nation and a defining event in the history of the world. The Torah covers several milestone events in the history of the earth. We start with the beginning of the human race, the great flood and repopulation of the earth, Elohim's selection of Abraham and his descendants out of all the people on the earth, Israel's journey to and enslavement in Egypt, and now we come to Elohim's great deliverance at the Red Sea. Since Jehovah opened our eyes to see our connection to Israel, I look at the Red Sea miracle in a much more personal way. I see that Jehovah delivered me personally from the oppression of Egypt, even though I wasn't physically there. What he did for Israel, he did for me, because I'm grafted into Israel. Whatever blessings are for Israel are for me, because I am accepted in the beloved now. Because he delivered my father and my mother, he did and will again deliver me. It's like being a kid and seeing your parents do amazing things for your siblings and realizing that you can also expect amazing things too, because your parent loves you too. I wonder why we don't talk about this miracle or celebrate it more as believers in the Elohim of Israel. Do we believers see what happened at the Red Sea as something that we should connect with? Many Bible teachings may highlight the stiff-necked, rebellious actions of the people at that time. That may give us, you know, great object lessons. But the Elohim who did these miraculous things has not changed. He wants us to know He is the almighty, faithful, Holy Elohim, who keeps his promises and is worthy of all praise, worship, and fidelity. Amen. Maybe some don't actually believe the Bible's account of what happened at the Red Sea. You know, Brother Tim Mahoney at Thinking Man Films did some incredible work in his Patterns of Evidence movies. To our listeners, if you haven't seen these films, we highly recommend them. Look them up through Thinking Man Films and purchase your own copies of each one. We did. Anyway, in the last two films, I remember Tim Mahoney interviewing seminary professors who themselves didn't believe that the Red Sea miracle happened or that it was a miracle at all. I remember that too. And it's scary to think that scholars and theologians who teach pastors, who in turn teach believers, may not even believe what they're supposed to be teaching. I think... Romans chapter 1 gives a stern warning to people who believe this way. It says, starting in verse 18, What is revealed is Elohim's anger from heaven against all the godlessness 
and wickedness of people who in their wickedness keep suppressing the truth. Because what is known about Elohim is plain to them, since Elohim has made it plain to them. For ever since the creation of the universe, his invisible qualities, both his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly seen because they can be understood from what he has made. Therefore, they have no excuse, because although they know who Elohim is, they do not glorify him as Elohim or thank him. On the contrary, they have become futile in their thinking, and their undiscerning hearts have become darkened. Claiming to be wise, they have become fools. Wow. You know, it's a serious thing to teach from the word of Elohim and to deny or undercut the truth of his word. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to be in that type of trouble. There is no one who can help the person who offends Elohim and stands before him unrepentant. By the way, I want to say something about your earlier comments. You talked about loving parents who do awesome things for one of their children. The other children can be glad about that because they know they are also loved by the parents. Those were great points, Mama. I especially love that there is no need for jealousy because we trust in the character of the Father. Amen. We have the powerful witness of the scriptures to give us the history of his faithful love. Romans 15, starting at verse 4, tells us that everything written in the past was written to teach us so that with the encouragement of the scriptures, we might patiently hold on to our hope. And may Elohim, the source of encouragement and patience, give you the same attitude that the Messiah, Yeshua, had. Amen, Daddy. Amen. You know, the Tanakh, the scriptures, give us great detail regarding the Red Sea miracle. Mm-hmm. We get to relive this awesome experience with Israel while seeing what Jehovah was doing behind the scenes. We don't always get a reason for why Jehovah does what he does, but when he does give us a reason, we should pay close attention. In the book of Exodus alone, we get three reasons why he sent plagues and did miracles in the sight of people. The first is in Exodus 6, verse 6 through 7. It says, Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am Jehovah. I will free you from the forced labor of the Egyptians, rescue you from their oppression, and redeem you with an outstretched arm and great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your Elohim. Then you will know that I am Jehovah, your Elohim, who freed you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. Daddy, we talked briefly about this scripture two episodes ago and its connection with the traditional Passover Seder celebration. Listeners, if you missed that, please check out our episode 74, which is Pray for Freedom. In Exodus chapter 7, Jehovah sent Moshe and Aaron back to Pharaoh with a message. Starting at verse 4, Jehovah said, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies, my people, the sons of Israel, out of the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment. Then when I stretch out my hand over Egypt and bring the people of Israel out from among them, the Egyptians will know that I am Jehovah. Moshe and Aaron did exactly what Jehovah ordered them to do. Here we see another reason why our Elohim wanted the Egyptians to know who he is. Now that's huge for us to know 
it wasn't enough that Israel would know him. His stated reason why included Egypt knowing that he is Yehovah. Now, we read in chapters, chapter uh, 9 of Exodus, verse 20, that the Egyptians who feared the word of Yehovah among the servants of Pharaoh brought their servants and cattle indoors to avoid the hailstorm plague. You remember that, miss? Mm -hmm. So I guess it's safe to assume that these were some of the Egyptians who left Egypt with Israel. I bet they did. Mm -hmm. I would too. Uh, Exodus chapter 10 verses 1 through 2 gives us a third glimpse into Jehovah's reasons for doing miracles in Egypt. Starting in verse 1, Jehovah said to Moshe, Go to Pharaoh, for I have made him and his servants hard-hearted, so that I can demonstrate these signs of mine among them, so that you can tell your son and grandsons about what I did to Egypt and about my signs that I demonstrated among them, and so that you will know, so that you'll all know, that I am Jehovah. Mm. Daddy, our Elohim wanted the generations of Israel to know who he is. The miracles were done for them as well, or as it turned out, for us. We are the generation of Israel, whether grafted in or natural born. The story of Exodus is personal, as it should be for every believer in the Elohim of Israel. Amen, Mama. This entire scenario was carefully orchestrated by Yehovah. It was he who purposefully led Israel to a place of no escape. They were ill-equipped to defend themselves against the Egyptian army and other challenges that they would face on the way to the promised land. Exodus 13, starting at verse 17, says, After Pharaoh had let the people go, Elohim did not guide them to the highway that goes through the land of the Philistines because it was close by. Elohim thought that the people, upon seeing war, might change their minds and return to Egypt. Rather, Elohim led the people by a roundabout route through the desert by the Red Sea. The rest of verse 18 is translated and understood differently by many scholars. Some say that Israel was well armed. Some say that they were in battle formation, five across. Some translations say that only half of the Israelites left Egypt with Moshe. What we know for sure is Israelites left Egypt and various other people left with Israel. We also know that the Red Sea crossing happened shortly after the time of the first Passover. We know that Jehovah made a way of escape when there was no way of escape from man's perspective. His deliverance from the Egyptians was final. Once the Egyptians entered the Red Sea, they were dead men. Jehovah did not have to do anything else for Israel to be forever free from Egyptian tyranny. Mm -hmm. Prior to crossing the Red Sea, if some Israelites wanted to return to Egypt, I guess they could have done that, but why? It makes no sense. In like manner, it makes no sense for us to give up trusting in the salvation or the Yeshua of Jehovah. Listeners, Egypt is a metaphor for sin, and when Pharaoh and his armies drowned in the Red Sea, they could not threaten the children of Israel again. Their threat was completely eradicated. Jehovah's deliverance of his children from sin through Yeshua, us, his children, is complete as well. And it is up to us to walk in that deliverance and not turn back. Amen. Psalms 106 puts the Red Sea miracle 
in some perspective. Starting at verse 4, it says, Remember me, Yehovah, when you show favor to your people. Keep me in mind when you save them. So I can see how well things are going with those whom you have chosen, so that I can rejoice in your nation's joy and glory in your heritage. Together with our ancestors, we have sinned, done wrong, acted wickedly. Our ancestors in Egypt failed to grasp the meaning of your wonders. They didn't keep in mind your great deeds of grace, but rebelled at the sea, at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his own name's sake, to make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it dried up. He led them through its depths, as through a desert. He saved them from hostile hands, redeemed them from the power of the foe. The water closed over their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words, and they sang his praise. Even though Israel stumbled many times after the Red Sea miracle, what Jehovah did for them that day created a memory that will last forever. Mm -hmm. To this day, the Red Sea miracle is remembered as an act of faithfulness by the faithful Elohim. Because he remembered his promises to Abraham and made good on them, we know that we can rely on him to do what he has promised to us. That brings us to the question, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and disregard the promises kept by your Heavenly Father as, quote-unquote, not for today? Mm -hmm. Or would you take the red pill and refuse to let your Red Sea situations keep you from believing in the Elohim of Abraham, who parted the Red Sea and made a way for his beloved people? Now, only you can answer that question. We urge you to take the Red Sea miracle personally. Expect the Mighty One of Israel to open seas for you too. Well, everyone, I hope you're encouraged to trust our Heavenly Father in your Red Sea situation. I know I am. Me too. Well, I guess that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we've shared and talk about it with your family and friends. And thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.